0: I'm Nicias, and welcome to the Fish Infinitely podcast, for the greatest takeaways learned from fishing and being outdoors. A successful trip into nature means entering with an open mind and leaving with something new that you could apply to your life, both outdoors or even day-to-day. So let's venture into the wild so we could learn infinitely. Hey, Nicians! I am super excited to start today's podcast off with an awesome story of how I got started in fishing and how awesome my journey was learning about the sport and all the different parts that go into actually being good at fishing and starting to catch fish. Everyone has to start somewhere and the journey is the fun part. So let's get started. Let's hop on into how I fell in love with the sport and how I am still learning to this day. So, as some of you guys may know, I was born in Brazil, so fishing is a huge part of my genetics. I, Before we moved here, I would go fishing with my grandpa at the Pay Lakes in Brazil, because Pay Lakes are a super huge thing there, and at the Pay Lakes, they stocked, like, giant paku and giant catfish. Nothing like we have here in the States, but the fish there were absolutely ginormous, and it started off as just, like, an observation. I would go with them to the pay lakes and just observe, but I never actually did fishing because I was too small and I couldn't even lift the fish up if I tried. So, it started off there, but when we officially moved to the US and I was under 10 years old, we started off by going to a local pond to do a lot of like hiking and just walking around the the lake and I realized that there was a ton of other fishermen. So, I don't know if I remembered how it was in Brazil, but what I do remember is that that day I picked up a stick from the floor, a giant like tree branch, and I was just like splashing it around in the water, but it was my attempts to catch a fish. There was no line, no hook, just a branch that I found on the floor. But I wanted to catch a fish. That day I was so determined to catch a fish. And I remember being super upset when my parents told me that it was time to go. But one of the things that they did tell me that was going to happen is that we were going to come back to the park on a later day and really attempt to fish and hook on to some fish. We didn't really know that fishing was allowed in all of these places you know, public ponds, or what kind of fish was in there. All the species were completely different than the ones in Brazil. Like, we don't really have bluegill in Brazil. We have something close called, like, cara, but that's it. Like, nothing really like bluegill, no largemouth bass, mostly are, like, peacock bass. So, the strategies in the U.S. were completely different, and everyone had to learn a whole new thing when we started fishing here in the U.S., but... We came back a few times later to catch fish, and on those trips, I wasn't going to use a branch. We ended up trying out a Spider-Man fishing rods, like, you know, the Barbie pole classic and all of those, but I didn't get the Barbie one. I got the Spider-Man one, which was super special. I remember the first time I didn't even put a hook on. It was just that plastic little toy at the end of it, and it was just to get my casting down. Even though it was just a push of a button and a swing over the shoulder, yeah, it was just practice because I was nowhere close to being ready to cast out for legitimate fish. Yet, I really enjoyed it and we kept on going back and after practicing and after practicing, we eventually got a little better every time. We started off targeting catfish because that was the bait that we knew how to handle. We went to Walmart because that's where we found out that there was some fishing equipment. And on one of the packages, it said catfish bait. And it was those stinky dough baits that were already pre-rolled and pre, you know, rolled up into little balls. And so we put those on the hook, cast it out every time to try to catch some stocked catfish in some urban ponds and nothing. We went out time after time, but still got skunked. It wasn't until one day where we bought some worms and my dad was the one that hooked on to bluegill. We found a pattern. Bluegill were the first kind of fish that I got into. My first impression of the bluegill were super crazy. I remember thinking that they were weird and they had a hard skull. When I thought about fish, in my imagination, because I had never really touched one, being conscious of what fishing actually was, I had the impression that they were going to be a lot more slimy than they were. So for the next couple trips, since we didn't know what the bluegill were called, we just called them the hard-headed fish, because in my mind, just they were a lot more bony <laughs> than I was expecting. So the hard-headed fish were the little bluegill, and I was determined to catch one. My luck with the casting rod wasn't really improving, so after a little bit, my grandpa came over and brought me a bamboo rod. So it's a telescope rod that folds up into less than a foot in length. But when it's spread out and built, it could be like a four foot rod. But the fun thing about it is that there is no reel on it attached, or not really a lot of fishing line. The only thing that is the fishing line is a four piece four foot long piece of fishing string that's on the tip of the rod. And at the end of that string is like a fixed line amount that you could cast out and at the end of it is a fishing hook. We used the tiniest hook possible because one thing I learned was that you could catch big fish on small hooks, but you can definitely not catch small fish on big hooks. And at that point, I was just concerned about hooking on because I had still not done so. Turns out that rod was complete magic for me. I was not really getting tangled because all I had to do was swing my shoulder and plop into the water the bait. I started to use a bobber because those were super fun, indicated when the fish got the bait and pulled it down. So I was able to catch on pretty quick on how to use the bamboo rod and I would take it to the Lake Mead pier and catch some microfish under the dock, which included like bluegill Um, Baby stripers, which I remember were just schooling around my bait all the time, and it was extremely fun. I would catch one after the other, and I didn't care if they were less than an inch in length. As long as I caught over 20 fish in a day, I felt satisfied. With those microfish, I got in the experience of removing the hook from the fish. I got the experience of baiting my own hook. Because if you guys could imagine, my dad was probably a little bit frustrated when he had to rebait the hook after microfish after microfish. Because when you're catching small fish, they are one after the other. So you can just imagine how tedious it got to hook on countless pieces of worms. So he taught me how to do that. And while I was microfishing, he did his own fishing, but I wanted to master that tactic of using that bamboo rod. I thought that me and my bamboo rod were invincible. I eventually got one that was even longer and even more strong, so I could even cast a little bit further out. Well, not really casting, but just swinging on in and it would flop into the water. But it wasn't until we went to somewhere out of state that I realized that it was time to learn a couple other strategies in regards to fishing. We, in one of the winters when I was small, probably still under 10, we went to Utah to go trout fishing at Penguich Lake. And I brought along my bamboo rod and I also brought along a couple of the spinning rods that we had bought, but the spinning rods were There was, like, around three rods, and we went in a group of people that didn't have rods already, but I had first dibs on the rod, and like you guys could imagine, I immediately went for the bamboo rod because that's what I knew best, and I had no idea that trout weren't ideally caught less than a foot away from shore, you know? Like, that's just pretty hard, especially if you're using worms and if you have, like, three foot of line. Not gonna happen, but... I was hopeful, we waited out a storm that day, and when it stopped storming, we went back out to the shore, and I did not catch a single fish. The only person that caught the trout was the one that was using the reel. So I thought to myself, dang it, why didn't I choose the rod with the reel? I remember going back to the cabin and tasting the trout and been like, dang, I wish this was the trout that I caught, but it was still pretty good, it was my first taste of trout was at Pinkwich. It kind of opened my eyes to actually get interested in starting to learn real fishing. So we went back to Vegas after that trip, and I immediately started seeing how other people were using the real fishing and what difference it made. So I realized at first that we could cast out a lot further, that the fish that they were catching could eat my fish any day. And I was like, okay, let's give this a shot. So when we back, we went back to the pier, we went mostly to Lake Mead because that was the closest reservoir to where we lived. And there was a lot of freshwater stripers that ate some shad at Lake Mead. And I was like, hmm. So if any of you guys have fished at a pier before, there you know that there are usually other people there and that you're not the only ones. So little observant me, found out what the other fishermen were doing to successfully catch the fish, and I would take notes mentally and be like, okay, this is what I got to do. So I learned how to do a Carolina rig, I learned how to use live bait, but I still didn't have a net. I remember one of the pros at the marina, or at at the pier, his name was David, and it was so cool to see him catch one after the other on live bait, but I had never caught live bait, and you can't really use game fish as live bait in Nevada. And so all the microfish that I was catching included bluegill, included green sunfish, and even baby stripers. Those were all game fish. So I knew not to use those because I'm a super huge rule follower when it comes to the outdoors and everything else. But I was like, how am I going to get a hand on one of these shad? So here I am watching David and his children net up some shad, some live bait, and a couple of them, they leave on the shore. And I'm like, first of all, poor fish. They're over there strangling and suffocating in the oxygen. Second of all, the birds are going to get them if I don't go ahead and scoop a couple from the floor. And third of all, I want to catch some fish. So we had a bucket that we used to wash our hands because the bait that we used was extremely smelly. And I hooked on to those little baby live baits and my dad and I, we ended up catching two of the little baits that were stuck on the shore and we caught some stripers. I was so excited that it worked out and I was determined to keep on using the reel instead of just the bamboo rods. So through practice, I ended up implementing the tactics that I learned for striper fishing and I started to fish for other species as well. We found out that carp really liked corn, so we had the excellent idea to first start out using baby corn, like the full-on corn cobs, but in baby form as bait for carp. Now we know that the little corn kernels work even better than the whole baby corn, but that's what we used to catch them at first. We used to slice up the baby corn into, like, inch pieces, but the carp that we used to catch on the baby corn were actually really, really big. But after the carps, we learn the tactics of catfishing using cut bait. We've our local Walmart started to sell frozen anchovies that we could use as cut bait. And those were great for catfish and even some stripers, but eventually shore fishing got a little bit monotonous and we were wondering what was around the largest reservoir in the United States, which was Lake Mead. And so we started to rent boats. That was an adventure in itself. We wanted to see how fishing was like, not only from the pier, which we already knew like the back of our hands, but from other parts of the shore as well. So we went to the marina and we got a boat to rent and my aunt came along with us because she has always been along with us in all the adventures in fishing. And there was a really funny story. We weren't really catching fish that day. So I decided to hop into the water. And when I did so, they gave me a rope just so I wouldn't, like, get pulled out by the tide. I had my life jacket on, super safe. But the funny thing is, is when they turn on the motor to, you know, go out to a new spot, the rope that I was swimming with got tangled into the motor. And I remember seeing them drift off a little bit further as I was on shore. And it was so funny. So I learned my lesson. I didn't really go swimming that much. After that, I really just focused on fishing. Yeah, but boat fishing was completely different. We didn't really know what you know spots to look for in a lake. We didn't know that points were the best. We didn't know that drop-offs could hold fish. We didn't know that the cliffs were good for bass. All these things were learned trip after trip, small details. At first, all we did was completely ram the boat into the shore and pretty much shore fish, but from different parts of the lake. Instead of anchoring down, or trolling, or even drifting, we didn't know any of those tactics. So the first couple methods that we used while we were boat fishing was actually to tie it up on shore and shore fish from cool looking spots. Those kind of fishing tactics never resulted in any crazy fish except for a ton of catfish, but it was such an adventure learning a little bit each time we went out fishing. I really like boat fishing a lot and I knew that there was still so much to learn and I wanted to not only do the boat rentals every couple months, but instead I thought it was a good idea to own a boat. This didn't come super quick. It had a lot of convincing that I had to do to, you know, get my dad on board and even my mom on board to buy a boat. And we found one. It, it took a while, but we found a really good match for what we were looking for. I wanted a fishing boat that was strictly for fishing. But one of the ways that we got everyone to be on board was to get one that could be flexible and multi-use, if you know what I mean. So it wasn't necessarily a fishing boat by itself, but it served the purpose of getting us around the lake and to new spots. There was no trolling motor. There was not really like a shallow bow. It was a pretty deep kind of boat, so it made it hard to get the bait and all of the shallow spots, but it was really good to get us from one side of the lake to the other side of the lake. It was really clean, really spacious, and that's what I appreciated about it. But going out every weekend on the boat that we owned, it was a Mariah, like 22 foot, Open bow boat going out every week. We eventually caught on to some new strategies and started to fish really, really successfully. We would bring back so many stripers, quantities that I had never seen before. The carp fishing was insane. We found some amazing spots that little bit of people accessed, and we found the amazing spots that everyone knew about, but we never could access them when we were shore fishing. We also took the boat down to new places, not only the Lake Mead that we fished consistently, but also to the river, like the Willow Beach area where there were huge fish. And I caught my personal best striper, that day was so amazing. And we took it to new lakes like Lake Mojave. So we definitely traveled a lot more with owning a boat. And it got us interested in fishing new areas and seeing how different bodies of waters can open your eyes to new strategies of fishing and new methods to approach catching new fish. After a little bit, when I entered college, it was time to sell the boat and... That was okay. It was it was the right time because when I started school, especially the first year, it was a huge transition. I was not having a lot of time to go out consistently every weekend. So it just wasn't making sense for us to hold on to owning a boat. But we eventually sold the boat and now we were boatless. I had fishing fever immediately after the first semester of college. And one of my friends and I actually bought a inflatable kayak. It wasn't even a hard shell bottom kayak. It was one of those inflatable kayaks with, which was actually pretty sturdy. It was a two person kayak and we hit up some private ponds. My friend's grandma lived in a private pond and I had never really had a lot of exposure to bass fishing largemouth bass, so that was the other species that I started to learn about was largemouth bass. Yeah, a completely different approach and a completely different tactic, but when I was on that inflatable kayak, I learned how to skip under docks, I learned how to use jigs, I learned how to use hard baits, none of these things were really familiar to me and uh, the water there was so clear I could see those three to four pound largemouth bass that no one was catching and I was motivated to learn. So I watched every YouTube video I could find. I watched, I read every article that was online, magazines, everything I could to soak up as much information about catching some largemouth bass using multiple tactics. I know it changes so much throughout the year and they're really finicky fish. I felt so accomplished when I started hooking on consistently to those three and four pound largemouth and I was addicted to largemouth fishing. And the kayak really allowed us to have a flexibility to go to different parts of the lake and explore little areas that having a big boat wouldn't just stabilize to. And we had to, we could move around a lot more easily and we weren't really stuck to the shore. So kayak is a definite merge between shore fishing and large boat fishing. And I really liked that. The only thing that was kind of rough sometimes was when I spent over eight hours sitting down, casting my legs, did get a little bit tired in the yak, which was a little bit uncomfortable, but I didn't even think about it. If I could stay another four hours, I could every single trip because fishing is crazy addicting and that's why we all need to fish infinitely. And yeah, so after getting used to the kayak My friend moved away to college and I started back into my second year of school and now I am back to shore fishing. But I have still not learned all the aspects of fishing in general. There's still so much that I need to learn. I am not a pro at all at sea fishing. I have not done a lot of it. And guess what? Baitcasters are still not my best friend. I have only used it once, and the one time that I did use it, epic bird's nest. I don't think I've ever seen a tingle so bad in my entire life. I had to take it to Bass Pro to get it fixed. I couldn't even do it on my own. But there's the next goal for me, is to really get comfortable using a bait caster and learning how to catch bass more frequently, even in non-private lakes, in places where the pressure is extremely large, in ponds where everyone goes fishing, and that's my new goal, is to use a baitcaster and to catch more bass that are extremely elusive, especially here in the Vegas area. We do live in a desert which rains almost never throughout the entire year, but that is my fishing journey from how I started to where I am now. I hope you guys have a similar journey to what kind of mine was like. And if it's a little bit different, I know that there is no right answer to fishing and fishing requires consistent learning and that there is always something new new to learn no matter what. So today's lesson of the day, the first lesson that I'm going to leave y'all with is that fishing requires learning, but it is definitely fun and exciting. Please keep an open mind to new strategies. Whenever you're comfortable with something switch it up. Try a new retrieval method. Try a new casting position. Try a new fishing spot, a new fishing bait. Target a new species. Go to a new body of water. There are so many variables to fishing. There's no right way, but as long as you find your goal of hooking on to a new personal best or a new species or completing that challenge that you set out for yourself throughout that day, that is going to keep you hooked on fishing and actually lead you to fish infinitely. So thank you guys for sticking tuned to this first episode of the Fish Infinitely podcast. I am super excited to be doing this and I'm excited to share more lessons with y'all consistently. So thanks again. See y'all soon.